Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bosch. The number of clean diesel models in North America will double by 2014. Bosch Clean Diesel. Good, clean, fun. Bridgestone. Your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems. Improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. <laughs> Yes, it is I, Jim Hall of 2953 Analytics, bringing you another episode of AutoLine Daily. It's Wednesday, the 4th of April, 2012, and we've got a lot of news to cover, so let's get started, shall we? Yesterday, we reported that Fisker was able to raise more than $100 million recently, but it may not be enough for it to keep building in the United States. According to Reuters, the company is looking at alternative sites to build the Atlantic, a new model it just unveiled. Fisker had planned on producing it at a former GM plant in Delaware, but those plans are in doubt now after losing out on a loan from the U.S. government. The company is still in talks with the Department of Energy and would like to stay in the U.S., but says it's open to building it overseas if a foreign investor emerges. We'll have more about the Fisker Atlantic later in the show. While automakers are busy showing off their new cars in New York, here's one futuristic concept you won't see at the show. Massachusetts-based Terrafugia just completed its first successful test of a flying car called the Transition Street Legal Airplane. What's in a name? The vehicle, which seats two people, can be driven on the road and is small enough to fit in a garage when the wings are folded up. The prototype was able to reach an altitude of 1,400 feet and was in the air for eight minutes. It has a top speed of 70 miles an hour on the ground and 115 miles an hour in the air. Believe it or not, the company plans on selling the vehicle sometime next year. Hopefully they'll think of a better name by then. The Aero Car and the Mizar live on, if only in spirit. Speaking of New York, uh, I think like there's a show going on there or something, auto show. Uh, in the product department, Chevrolet has some really big news to share, literally. It's a large sedan, the Impala. It's getting a thorough redesign for the 2014 model year. And by thorough, I mean positively transformative. This car, I think, is really designed uh, for the first time we have a car in Chevrolet, a large car in my career, uh, that is designed really for the retail family. And so you, you look at the safety equipment, you look at the design. The design, you know, Chevrolet, uh, over the history of Chevrolet, has been known uh, for cars that provided something, um, you know, for great value that looked a lot more expensive than really what they were. And, uh, and so the, the, obtainable, you know, the obtainable car uh, for you know, families in the United States uh, is really demonstrated in the design here. It is a beautiful, elegant design. So we're very proud of that. It's great to see Chevy stepping up its game. Today's Impala is barely rental grade, but the 2014 model is stunning. And in a way, it's the first new Chevy since the 55 Bel Air. Royce mentioned value and great design. It's got to be there. But the real story behind the new Impala is the way the car embraces the philosophy of the famous tri-Chevys, the 55, 56, and 57 Chevys. These were the cars that basically created the concept of more than expected for Chevrolet. The truth is, you could buy a Chevy for the price of a Ford or a Plymouth, but Chevys made you think of cars that were more expensive, starting with the 55s. And this was really Chevy's philosophy all through the 60s and into the early 70s. The whole more-than-expected philosophy has got to be a part of everything Chevy does. And while they've tried it before, they really haven't been as successful as the Impala looks like it's going to be. On the subject of New York, please, please check out AutoLine After Hours tomorrow night starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. McElroy and the auto extremist Peter DiLorenzo will be coming at you live from Katz's Deli, a Manhattan institution that's really good. Don't miss out on it. That's an order, soldier. Seriously, I will find you, and you will not like the consequences 
because they don't involve pastrami and corned beef sandwiches with Russian dressing and never mind. A 93-year-old woman is hanging up her keys. Rachel Vetch decided to stop driving last month because of her failing vision. Okay, sure, that's not really news. Most nonagenarians have trouble walking, let alone handling a vehicle. What's impressive here is her car, a 1964 Mercury Comet Caliente. Perhaps you've heard of it. She's racked up more than 567,000 miles on it in over the last 48 years. Nicknamed Chariot, the sedan has gone through 18 batteries, eight mufflers, and three husbands. After nearly five decades of continuous use trekking to Texas, California, Michigan, and beyond, the Merc still purrs like a kitten. Now that's a testament to Detroit Iron if I've ever seen one. Memo to Alan Mulally relaunched the Caliente nameplate. On a Lincoln? I don't know. Coming up next, Mr. McElroy brings us the latest car news from Manhattan. Look at this. Bridgestone's using natural rubber, researching ways to enhance its quality and performance, and making their factories more environmentally friendly, producing products that save on fuel and emissions, and some that can be reused again, and promoting eco-friendly and safety driving campaigns. One team, one planet. Bridgestone. Well, as you know, John and his crew are in the Big Apple right now covering the New York Auto Show. And boy, howdy, there's a lot of news coming out of Manhattan this year. Even before things kicked off this morning, automakers hosted a raft of pre-show reveals. Here's Captain Johnny with the latest from the city that never sleeps. Auto Line's coverage of the New York Auto Show is brought to you by Audi. Truth in engineering. We want to thank Audi for bringing you this sponsorship of our coverage from the New York Auto Show. There's all kinds of things going on tonight, even though the show really doesn't start till tomorrow. You got Fisker and BMW and Mini and Porsche and Jaguar. And inside here, Nissan's unveiling the taxi of tomorrow, and it is total bedlam in there. I think it's great. You know, We, we, we have been involved in the competition almost two years ago. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of other like a famous company and they have a lot of uh, you know history and we are the newcomer for this uh, taxi segment and uh, New York City chosen us which means a lot for us and this is going to be uh, as a uh, mayor said we want to make this icon of uh, New York City and uh, we are very proud of being selected as a uh, taxi for tomorrow there's, there's interest in Beijing to take this physically this property as soon as the show is over and ship it to Beijing. There's dialogue now in London talking about potential cab business for Nissan in London, Toronto, other municipalities, so it's, it's exciting. So we left the Nissan event, we tore across town to come to Fisker to see what they were going to unveil, and they pulled the wraps off the Atlantic. I ran into Richard Beatty, the chief marketing officer, and asked him when this car might show up. Well, we haven't committed to a final date yet, but um, you know, we've always we've always said that this is a this is a prototype. Behind this vehicle is a, a lot of uh, structural and CAD CAM engineering. So uh, we, the the thing is, we need the final round of financing support to go and commit to do this car. So we're not going to uh, overpromise and underdeliver. Once we get the financing secure, then we'll start talking about the dates. Can you believe it? Land Rover actually built an off-road course in Midtown Manhattan. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this little taste of what's happening on the eve of the New York Auto Show, and we'll have a whole lot more of what's going on here for you tomorrow. 
It's about 16 feet from snout to tail. But I ain't seen anything that size move like that. <laughs> Not in these conditions. Lots of interesting stuff coming out of New York this year. One vehicle that's really caught my eye is the Fisker Atlantic. It's going to be the company's volume car since the Karma is just so damned expensive. But like the story we did before the break, where is it going to get built? Delaware or not, in my book, it absolutely must be assembled in the United States. If it's not, Fisker stands to lose lots of government money, some of which the company may have already received. And that makes zero sense from a business standpoint. Can they pull it off? It's a tough question. You see, for startups in the auto manufacturing business, the second car is always the hardest for a company to build. Because the expense for things like distribution, marketing, warranty costs, and buying parts to build your existing car have to be dealt with while burning up capital with new vehicle engineering and manufacturing costs. Second cars are usually the ones that break the backs of fledgling automakers. Wrapping things up, I'm Jim Hall from 2953 Analytics. Thanks for watching today's program, and I'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place, and maybe with a little poetic flair. Bye-bye.